You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 53. If you've always wanted to run Facebook ads to get more people into your funnel and business, but you don't know if you're at the right time to get started, today's interview with Trisha Brooks will shed a lot of light on that. So let's dive in. Welcome to The Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there. Today, I am excited to welcome my Facebook ad client, Trisha Brooke. Trisha has a passion for storytelling that has led her to work in film, TV, and theater for over 25 years. Her work has been featured on places you've probably heard of. Black Box for ABC, The Affair with Showtime, and Rescue Me on Fox, as well as, I think it's Last Lace Hallstrom's The Hoax with Richard Gere. So, you know, a little bit of name dropping there, right? She received a Golden Thumb Award from Roger Ebert for her choreography in John Turturro's feature film, Romance and Cigarettes, where she worked closely with James Gandolfini, Kate Winslet, Susan Sarandon, Eddie Izzard, Christopher Walken, Steve Buscemi, and Bobby Cannavale. She's directed award-winning shows like web series Sublets, which won Best Comedy at the Vancouver Web Fest, and the short documentary This Dinner is Full, which earned official selection at the New York Women in Film and Television Short Festival and the New York Independent Film Festival. But that's not all. Like, (laughs) this woman is amazing. Trisha is committed to producing and directing stories that entertain, uplift, and foster an exchange of ideas. As the executive producer of TEDx Lincoln Square, she curates the she has curated and she now has her own event as well, but she curates the top speakers in the country and her production company, The Big Talk Productions, shoots documentary shorts on the thought leaders making an impact around our world. So, even though Trisha has had oodles of success in her business and career, I mean, I think most of us would be excited with just like a tiny part of what she's done. Trisha is always pushing the envelope about what's next for her, what's next for getting big ideas out into the world, and what's next for just like stretching and growing herself and the people that she works with. And that's what led us to work together. She was ready to take her work in helping people with great ideas, get those ideas out into the world on big stages. And she wanted to reach a bigger audience with Facebook ads. Now, this woman has some of the most dedicated and fiercely committed clients of anybody I've ever seen. People who work with her absolutely adore her because she is so good at pulling brilliance out of people and she just wanted to take it to more people. And uh, Trisha and I, we learned a lot of great lessons through uh, doing Facebook ads for her launch, which really helped shape her new course launch and helped her attract a bigger audience. So let's jump into the interview with Trisha now. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Trisha. Oh, it's my pleasure, Michelle. I love spending time with you. Ah, me too. Okay. So I know all about your business because of course, you know, 
we rolled up our sleeves and worked together, but I would love for you to just give us sort of the, the inside scoop on what you're all about. I am a writer, director, executive producer of TEDx Lincoln Square, and now the executive producer of the Speaker Salon in New York City, along with Speakers Who Dare. And I work with people on the art of public speaking and the business of how to speak. And I have created several masterclasses. One is called The Art of the Big Talk, which takes you through the writing process. And another masterclass, which is ultimately a resource guide or a, a gold standard library for speakers who are ready to take their big talks to a platform where they can actually monetize. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And so you kind of skipped over it there, but you produce events that get a lot of attention. <laughs> like your big stage, big ideas, like great speakers, not necessarily famous, but great speakers, right? And it's all about getting messages out there. It is. It's all about the idea worth spreading. It's all about big ideas, innovative thinking, and being a daring speaker. And that's why I'm so excited about my new event that I'm co-producing with Jamie Broderick called Speakers Who Dare. I really love to give people who have an important message in the world a platform, whether it's a big stage or a big screen. I also produce documentaries on people who are doing incredible things in the world, including the chaplain at Rikers Island, who is a Buddhist who teaches meditation to the corrections officers, um, Chris Shembra, who is an amazing entrepreneur with the 747 organization. He teaches compassion and empathy by serving pasta sauce. And oh my goodness. that documentary is called This Dinner is Full. And the documentary on Justin Von Voidish is called Right Livelihood, A Journey to Here. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And just, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to listen to some of the amazing stories from speakers that you've worked with and how they went from thinking, I, 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 like I'm stuck in my life or I'm stuck in this situation to, oh my gosh, I have something I can share that can actually impact people. And I think of, you know, one of the speakers who's a mom of a special needs um, child and who really went from this like surviving day to day to putting together this really incredible talk that has now impacted thousands of people and just how impressive that can be. It's really magic when a speaker comes to me and they have an idea and they're not sure, they don't have the confidence whether or not people are going to care or whether or not their message is of importance. And what I always do is reflect back on them, what they're sharing with me so that they can understand they're going to have an impact in the world. What they're sharing has global impact, even if we as the audience don't have a child with special needs, we can still be impacted by that idea that they're sharing. And that's what I try to remind all of my speakers. You have to ask, why is it important in the world? It's mm -hmm. always starts with why you, why it's important and why it's important in the world. And that having that sort of broader view where you could take these experiences and extract those big ideas is really kind of where your secret sauce is, right? What, what you are good at teaching people how to do and helping really identify. 
And it really comes from my work in the theater, working with actors and working in film and television. My expertise is creating a safe space so that I can see that thing in you and then simply share it back. And so speakers come to me with their gifts. Sometimes they just need a little, a little help from me in order to either identify it or craft it or learn how to deliver it. And it's a technique. You, you can't just hope that you're going to be a captivated, captivating speaker and be captivating. You need to learn a technique of how to identify these ideas, how to write, and then finally how to deliver these big talks. Yeah, and how to pitch so that you can have the stage to even be on, right? So important. Being a fearless speaker does not end at getting rid of nerves. It begins at knowing how to pitch organizers, knowing how to email people, knowing how to follow up, knowing what a through line is, knowing what an arc is. So when you have that arsenal of education, you become more fearless. And that's why being a fearless speaker is not about just performing. Well, and let's talk for just a minute, because I know I've heard you do a couple rants about this, but when you put on a big event and you put out a call for speakers, you're not necessarily looking for the most famous or the like multi New York Times bestselling author. You're looking for somebody with an idea that fits with your event, right? I'm looking for somebody who understands how to pitch me their idea that is not wrapped in the package of pitching me their business. Yes. That's super important. If you pitch me your business or your book, or you lead with all of the letters after your first name, I will most likely put you in the no pile because that's not leading from the idea, leading with the idea. And it's super important for anybody who wants to apply to an event, a conference, a TEDx, TEDx speakers who dare, that you lead with the idea and that you also, and this is specific to me because I always look at the special skills on anybody's resume. I wanna know who you are as a person because I'm gonna be spending several months with you. And if I don't know who you are as a person from your, from your application, I may not be as inclined to put you into the yes pile because you seem cold. So tell me that you like cooking. Tell me that you like rollerblading. Talk to me about how you spend Sundays with the family making biscuits. Those are the things that make me think human being, somebody I might want to spend time with, in addition to somebody's idea I really think is important. Mm. And you know, I, I don't know that I've heard a lot of people talking about that piece. And I, I've seen you do some videos on it, some Facebook lives on it. And I was like, that is a really interesting and valid point because that's what makes us relatable, right? And that's how you as the event organizer can relate and get behind what they're doing as well. You have to find a way to stand out. Organizers get hundreds, thousands of applications every time they open up the process. You have to find a way to stand out because there are so many entrepreneurs and authors who want to get on stages. So your level of competition is massive. Public speaking is a huge deal right now. It is a way to create credibility. It's the way to solidify your brand. It's the way to get your message out there. So everyone is stepping onto a stage. Not everyone should be stepping onto a stage, but everyone is trying to step onto a stage. So you have to figure out a way to like rise to the top when you're just applying. 
Yeah. And you, cause I know, um, with some of the events that you've done, um, have you, do you always look for speakers who have a lot of experience or are you looking more for the idea and then you work with them to get ready for the stage? I always start with the idea. Yeah. I always, I give the benefit of the doubt that if they're applying, they're all, at least ready to talk about this idea, whether or not they're performance ready, that comes in the second callback where I ask for a video submission. So I, everyone is on level playing field when they apply to my events. I never look at your experience as a qualifier. And with the video submission, are you looking for like a fancy sizzle reel that somebody spent a ton of money doing, or are you looking for something more authentic? If you happen to have a speaker reel that you've got in your library, send it over. But I do not need a speaker to go out and rent a studio, rent sound, hair and makeup, and put on a show for me. I need you to sit down in front of your computer, even with the light of your computer, and talk directly to me about this idea worth spreading. Um, Sarah Montana was an applicant who I was really concerned about because her application was about forgiveness, but the forgiveness came from a very tragic story that she experienced. Her mother and brother were murdered on Christmas Eve, and this was in her application, and I thought to myself, how am I going to be able to listen to this woman talk about this tragic event without feeling sorry for her? How is she going to be, be able to deliver this content without everybody feeling sorry for her? So it was my challenge to myself to ask her to submit a video. I could have dismissed it like without even thinking, there's no way she's gonna pull this off, but it was my challenge. Let me see if she can do this video. She's literally in her tiny little room talking directly to the camera lit by the blue screen it was the most beautiful video submission i've ever seen she was mm. just honest and she was no longer attached to the emotion of what happened she had worked through that enough time many years had passed so i did not feel sorry for her i felt hopeful that she was going to be able to teach us as an audience how to forgive and that is what makes a great talk Oh, thank you for sharing that. Because I think a lot of times people get in their heads and feel like it's the chicken and egg. Like I need to have this fancy sizzle reel, but I can't get up on stages. And so for you, it's really about the, are you going to teach us something that's valuable for many, many people? Are you going to share an idea with us that we could potentially adopt as our own? Yeah. Okay. So from all of this success that you've had sort of in real life business, I guess. <laughs> now you decided to go to Facebook ads and really to launch something in kind of a new way for you, right? You've conquered the, the Hollywood scene, you've conquered the big event scenes, so and now you're gonna go conquer the social media space. And um, it was really interesting because when you and I first talked, you hadn't really done Facebook ads for your business because you didn't need to. It wasn't how you had traditionally done business. And um, we were, you know, launching something new. So I'd love for you to just talk about this of kind of what made you decide to go down this Facebook ad route? I love this question, Michelle. The big reason was because I wanted to get in front of more audiences. I wanted to get in front of audiences who 
wanted to uh, investigate the, uh, the world of public speaking, who wanted to potentially learn how to craft and identify talks. I really want in my life to be able to help as many people with important messages to get onto those stages. So I came to you so that we could figure out a way to target more audiences who actually want the support that I have to give them. So that's why I wanted to do Facebook ads. Yeah, well, which is great. And a lot of times um, when people have never run them, I'm like, Ugh, I'm a little nervous, but you had such momentum behind you in terms of just years of incredible success that I was like, this is, this is a great business to take online. And one of the first things we decided to do was to test what does this audience really want and how are they going to react to you? Um, you know, what is it that they're going to really want from you? Because we had our guesses, but our guesses, our best guesses kind of turned out to be a little off the mark. So we had to adjust as we were going, right? And I think this is why this was such a great collaboration, Michelle, because you were doing the testing and I was providing the content. So if anybody wants to do Facebook ads, if anybody is, is ready to invest financially and with their time in this process, you have to be ready to generate content. You have to have tons of images. You have to have tons of logos. You have to have the courage to do tons of Facebook videos or QuickTime videos. Mm -hmm. It is imperative that you are ready to generate material of you talking about you. And if you're not ready to do that, then somebody like you, Michelle, you're, you're stuck. You can't do your job. So that's why it's a complete collaboration. You would test something and you'd say, I need this. So the next day I would give it to you. You would test something and say, this working, this isn't working, this is, let's do more of this. And so I was just your student. You would tell me what you needed and I can produce anything you want. So that's why it's so important for you and for your listeners rather, you have to be able to create content for anybody who's running Facebook ads for you, or it's just a waste of time and money. It really is. And I know that I, I told you over and over how much I appreciated you doing this because especially when you're doing something untested or trying to launch something new, you do have to be ready to do stuff. And when you say make videos, like sometimes it was you whipping out your phone outside and making a video or sitting in your house and doing a video on your computer. These are not fancy videos that we're talking about. It's right. the message. It's the message. It's making sure you have the right lighting. I would sit down and I would block out three hours and I would have my teleprompter running and I would do everything I need to do and then batch those over to you. And then you had a good week's worth of content to deal with, to work with. So mm -hmm. it really is a commitment. You can't just say, I want to run Facebook ads and expect a, that people are going to respond to them. And especially B, that because you're running Facebook ads, you're going to have a massive epic launch. You have to really negotiate all of these. And you have to find somebody to collaborate with like you. And I really, really, I really mean that you are the best Facebook ads guru. Oh, thank you. And the collaborate, I mean, you're right. You have to collaborate. Like I would make you a video and say, this is what I'm seeing. This is what it's telling me. We need to, you know, either go more towards this angle or, you know, that angle didn't work. We need to try something else entirely. And so it was me getting familiar with you, with your business, with your offer, with who you needed to attract. 
and and then really taking a look at okay this is what people are responding to and we would see people responding to your videos but then not opting in and so then we'd have to switch it up right yeah so if if a video wasn't working we'd plug in a still shot if mm -hmm. the still shot wasn't working or what you decided to do was a carousel and that seemed to do really well at one point so this is why I go back to you have to have content ready if you're going to do Facebook ads because you are the, you're the expert who is constantly juggling, massaging, testing out what is getting people to click in. And I have to say, it was kind of a miracle. <laughs> My list doubled mm. because of the ads you ran. So I did accomplish that reaching a wider audience. And that was really impressive. That's, thank you for saying that. And I mean, it's because we were able to just keep dancing with, okay, this is working. This isn't, you know, and like you said, we would do video, then we do a still shot. Then we try a carousel. We mess with the messages. Is it long? Is it short? Do we need emojis in there? Like all the things, right? All the things. <laughs> and we tried, I think three or four different opt-ins. So there was just a lot of stuff that we tested out. And I think that's a good point too, because if your audience is not responding to something, switch it immediately so that you can get them to respond to what they want. I think our, I think my audience was really excited about how to pitch, but they weren't really interested in how to identify an idea. And I find this interesting because speakers want to pitch themselves, even if they're not ready to actually give the talk. So that's why I learned in this process that the fearless speaker is really a library, a resource guide for speakers who already have stages. But a lot of speakers, they really want to learn how to pitch, how to get in front of organizers, and then they're going to worry about writing the talk later, which gives me complete agita. I always came to school prepared. I never waited till the last minute to write my reports. But many speakers, what I'm seeing is I'll write the talk once I book the gig. <laughs> I love your New York coming out there. Yes. I, and I'm just like you, like I, I need to know the whole, th I need to feel prepared before I go out. But yeah. we saw that the market was almost the opposite. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Which was awesome. <laughs> and it was, it's just great learning, right? Of who is out there, what they're paying attention to. <laughs> that was great though. Um, so, you know, through this process, I know we had a lot of ahas. I mean, the, the, they want to learn how to pitch instead of how to, you know, get their big idea together. Like that was one of our biggest ahas. Was there anything else that kind of stood out to you in this process? Yeah, I really think ultimately the fear of public speaking is so debilitating and paralyzing that it's even difficult for people to commit to downloading a free ebook about it or reaching out to me and talking about it. I, I, the fear is so intense and I want to just be as clear with everybody as possible until you can take that first step, you'll never know that it's actually easier than you think. And that block is, is it's not even the fear of speaking. It's the fear of what if I have to speak? So that's the- <laughs> That's Which is why the pitching is so funny, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. So I think the fear of what if I have to speak 
precedes the actual fear of public speaking. And if we can get rid of that somehow, then all of a sudden your message has the potential to help other people. And that's what I want everyone to think about. One of my speakers, James Lucas, who he talks about animal cruelty. He's a vegan. So he talks about animal cruelty in terms of food, in terms of entertainment, and now in terms of clothing that we wear. And he's so nervous. He's so nervous. And he continues to get up onto the stage and try. He continues to get up onto the stage and, and do it. And he came to me the other day and he said, I realized that the animals have chosen me to speak for them. Oh. And that is going to get me over my fear of public speaking. So it became bigger than him. Like it's not about him. It's about getting this message out for the voiceless. It should never be about you. And when you feel that kind of fear, that's because you're still worried about how you're going to be perceived, judged, you're going to fall down, you're going to trip up on your words. It's got to be about the message. And if you mm -hmm. lead with the message, the fear of getting onto a stage will go away and then the fear of being on a stage will go away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know during your, during our Facebook ads and stuff, you ran a live challenge. And one of the aspects of that live challenge is people could actually reach out to you with, with a couple different things that you were taking them through. And, um, and did you get more of that insight about the fear of actually having to speak from that challenge? Like, is that where some of that came from? I think what I learned from that three-day challenge was people wanted feedback on their application. Mm -hmm. So in addition to giving them live feedback on their applications, I also gave them the challenge of put your ID on the refrigerator, commit to this, and then answer three simple questions. Why is this important? Why is it important to you? And why is it important to the world? And then I want you to video yourself talking about that. Every single speaker who submitted a video, aside from seeing their hands shake, I knew they were terrified. But what was so beautiful about it was everyone who committed to that three-day challenge sent me a video that was so vulnerable and so raw and so directly related to their message that they were all amazing. And I posted all of them because I was so impressed. I commented and I posted. I was so impressed with everyone. And they sent me videos like first thing in the morning, no makeup, hair, a mess, just talking to the camera about their message. And that is what I'm talking about. That's the kind of fearlessness that can get you to the next level. Oh, I love it. And you know, th this is when you can take your business, you know, as you're reaching out and you're trying to get in front of more people, this is how you serve and how you really make an impact kind of regardless of what happens is that you really impacted everybody that you touched with your Facebook ads, with your videos through Facebook ads, with your challenge, all of that. They all became big fans just through your serving and showing up and kind of showing them what a fearless speaker actually looks like. Cause that's what you do when you get on video to do Facebook ads, right? Or Facebook live. Thank you. Yes. It, you have to be fearless. Here's the thing. Everybody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to judge you. It doesn't matter. It's got to be the message. And if you mess up, if you trip, if the lights go out or your microphone trips, tips over, it doesn't matter because you're a human being. It's got to be about the message. When you focus on 
who you're serving, what message you're sharing, and the big picture, the global impact that you could potentially have on somebody, all the other concerns, all the self-consciousness, all the worry, it goes away. Hmm. It's so true. It is so true. And it's the same for any form of, of marketing, right? Is that when it's about you and it's about you making a buck or, you know, whatever, yeah, we're all in business to make money for sure. But when you come from this bigger place of saying, I really want to just get my message out there. I really want to impact people. And I have things for them to buy if it's the right fit for them. But when you come from that place of service, it's a whole different ball game in terms of how you show up and who you attract. Absolutely. And I think when we worked together on this campaign, what I loved about it was I was constantly giving information. Uh, and that for me was, it felt awesome. So it's easy for me to get on camera and to talk about the three things you should never do from the stage. Or let's do a three-day challenge where at the end, you're going to submit a video and I'm going to give you feedback on it. Or here's my friend's application to TEDx UCLA. Fill it out and I'll give you, I'll give you feedback. And what I loved about it was I was able to actually do this live so everyone watching could see me go through 12 applications and there were four or five that got A++ because they were only one page. The other ones were so long. So it was fun. You were able to watch me go through the bad ones, the good ones, while I could be playful with what, don't do this, like guys, don't do a three page application. Nobody has time to read that. Or this one's perfect, this goes to so-and-so. So I love being able to have that kind of interaction with my audience. And it shows, okay, first of all, it shows how fun you are, but it also shows how incredibly insightful you are in terms of what it really takes to stand out. You know, when you get a thousand applications for your event, you get pretty good at saying, okay, yay, nay, 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 or nay, 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 right? <laughs> and we also learn very quickly who you are to work with. So mm -hmm. if you're emailing me a lot before something has even happened, that means you're a problem child. So that means it's gonna be difficult for me to choose you because I don't have that much time to spend with you during an event. If you're just cool and you don't need my help until you need my help, that makes perfect sense. So it's really important that you be very careful with how you communicate with organizers. Never put us on your list. Let oh, us- geez. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just do a public service announcement. Yes, Never please. Never put anybody ever on your list who didn't explicitly sign up for it themselves. Period. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so I mean, you've said some great things about Facebook ads, about needing to do content and all that kind of stuff. But if you were to talk to a friend. Um, who is in a similar situation to you, trying to launch something new, never really done Facebook ads before. Um, I know you already said, be ready to do content, but is there anything else that you would have, you know, let them know about working with me? I think what's really great about working with you is that you send updates. So you're sending updates about what you need in a video or an audio. You're sending updates and emails about what's working, what's not, and what you'd like to switch. You deal with all of the content, the, the copy that's in the Facebook ads. So you'll pull from my website and you'll pull from my videos, but it's really set it and forget it. And that's 
what I needed. I needed to be able to just be the creator, the content creator, be the person behind the camera and let you do your job. It's really important when I collaborate with people that this is your lane, this is my lane, and we stay in our lanes. And it's everybody I collaborate with. I hired you because you're the expert and you know what to do and you're gonna tell me what to do to help you. If I need something from you, I'll ask like certain things. Uh, why are we doing it like this? Okay, great answer. But I, it's important to align yourself and collaborate with somebody who is the expert in what it is they're doing for you. And that's why work with you was so successful. Thank you. Yeah. And you know what you just said about asking questions and stuff. I know I specifically every time say, let me know what questions you have, because I want you, not that I want you to become me, but I want you to have a really informed understanding of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And if I explain something and it doesn't make sense, I want people to say, whoa, Michelle, what is this about? I think that's a good point because I know that you can sort of just throw money at Facebook ads and not know what's happening. And it's a mystery, really. You know, there's a lot of algorithms. Is that the word? Yes. <laughs> so I think if you have somebody who's explaining the strategy behind what's happening, then A, you can follow this mystery of, of Facebook ads, but also you know where your money's going. So it's really, really important to be able to communicate with a Facebook ads person like you, who is very clear on the process and the goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm sure as people were listening to you, they're probably thinking, okay, maybe I have a little fear of public speaking, but I would love to know how to get up on a big stage. So where should they go? Like, what do you want them to go You know, check out? Because I know you've got videos and opt-ins and all sorts of good stuff. You can get all of my good stuff at trishabrook.com. Yeah, that's the best place to just start and, you know, grab your great opt-in. And I know on your Facebook page also, you've got a lot of great videos that people can go watch as well. So, okay, we'll make sure to link up to your uh, website and to your freebie and stuff in today's show notes. So if anybody wants to go see that, just go to today's show notes and other than that, I just have to say thank you so much for coming on. I really look forward to seeing what comes next for you because it's been so fun to get to know you and your business. Thank you, Michelle. You too. And we'll, we'll have another, another party together. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. So are you wondering if Facebook ads are right for your business? Well, I've got a quick quiz that you can take that will help you understand if you're ready and if your business is ready. So hop on over to today's show notes at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 53, or you can go to michellelevans.com forward slash Facebook dash ads dash quiz to find out if Facebook ads are right for your business right now. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place on another great episode of The Marketing Funnel Show. See you then. 